I'm Rodney Wittenberg. And I'm David Heitler Clevens. And this is Music, Music for, for the, the New Revolution. Revolution. Episode 3, The Heat of the Summer. Daytime high temperatures once again. It's one of those afternoons where it will absolutely bake. It's too darn hot. It's too darn hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. So in this episode of Music for the New Revolution, we're going to look at the effects of the heat of the summer. Yeah, so we're going to get into, you know, some different kinds of things in this all in one, because it's kind of a cool concept that Rodney came up with. So we'll think a little bit about, you know, uh, how heat can, uh, uh, rising temperatures can add to rising tensions between people, uh, to the point of riots. Uh, we could think about heat in terms of the police or, uh, you know, activism, uh, all kinds of things. We're going to bring the heat. The heat's coming down on you. Boy, it's <laughs> hot in here. Uh, you know, going all the way back to the late sixties, the riots, the Watts riots, the riots after, uh, uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King, they were all happened during the late, the mid to late summer, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Ferguson last year was all during the summer, uh, tensions heat up when it gets hot and, and looking back to a few weeks ago with, um, what happened in Charlottesville, uh, it was pretty hot there by understanding. So the heat does affect all of us. So a few years ago, there was a song that was not only, um, brought out the uh the feelings of people who are oppressed who are in very hot places but it was sort of the uh the, the song you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that summer i mean it's coming out of every car stereo that drove by every radio uh and it was in that great spike lee movie uh do the right thing which also really was embodying the things we're talking about about how the the summer heat increased the tensions yeah so here's Public Enemy with Fight the Power. W-E-L-O-V-E 
So that was Charles Bradley, one of those wonderful new soul singers on Daptone Records I got the chance to hear at the Exponential Festival this July. So the title of this episode is In the Heat of the Summer, and it comes from a song by Phil Oakes, one of the most famous uh, topical political songwriters of the 60s and early 70s. And um, we're going to especially focus on a version of that song that uh, Kim and Reggie Harris did after the L.A. riots, after the Rodney King beating. Um, and we had the good fortune to interview both Sonny Oakes, who is Phil Oakes' sister, and Reggie Harris of Kim and Reggie Harris. Uh, so we'll hear what they have to say about that song now. Well, uh, I came upon the music of Phil Oaks late in the process. I didn't really grow up listening to him. Um, but when I met Sonny Oaks at the Philadelphia Folk Song Society um, Spring Thing, um, she invited uh, Kim and I to come and sing up in New York at the bottom line and uh, sent us a few songs. And um, so having learned uh, a couple already, when the Rodney King incident happened in L.A., I was kind of looking for an answer for, uh, you know, a musical response to that. And Sonny mentioned that he had a song about the riots in Watts. And um, so checked that song out and found it was just absolutely, totally perfect. In the heat of the summer, when the pavements were burning, Soul of a city was ravaged in the night after the city sun was seen. Well, as far as I know, it was written after the Watts riots in Los Angeles. What year was that? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember the year, but the year of the Watts riots, like 64, 65, somewhere in there. I mean, he was very, very much, very prolific in his um, civil rights songs. I mean, he wrote. A lot of a lot of songs about civil rights. As a matter of fact, I think he had five of them just with Mississippi in the title. He he is a master at sort of getting into the core of the emotional frame of uh, of people's reactions to you know situations and. Um, and that song certainly. And all the stores were the target now. We're just the other day. They... Yes, of course, as we all were very upset by what went on and what's, what's still going on. Some things just don't change, do they? Lord knows the lyrics are still very vibrantly present to, you know, at, and of course now looking at Charlottesville and, um, and all of the things that are happening now, uh, I'm. The eruptions sort of call for the song to be done even more. We decided to kind of update it a little bit, um, sort of dropping in some of the details around what happened in L.A. Uh, in, you know, in the 90s. Uh, had a version and... Um, it's been a very powerful song to perform. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm a firm believer in updating. There are a lot of people who are purists and say no, but I say yes. By all means, do it. I mean, with Phil's songs, there is so little that really needs updating <laughs> because, unfortunately, most of them are totally relevant the way they were written. But there are certain songs that people have updated, and I think they've done good jobs on them. And that's including the one that Kim and Reggie did, because they brought it right up to 
to now. So wrong, so wrong, but we've been down too long, and we had to make somebody listen. In the heat of the summer, when the pavement was burning, so in the night just as the city sun was sinking now no one knows how it started why the windows were shattered but deep in the dark someone set the spark and then it no longer mattered so wrong so wrong, so wrong. but we've been Fury was over. Shame. 
education instead of drugs and guns. We all have to listen or more violence will come in the heat of the summer. So I just want to say that when I heard that song, uh, the version that Kim and Reggie just did, uh, right after the L.A. riots um, following the Rodney King beating, to me, that was the song that that I really needed to hear that just seemed right on for that moment. And there were a lot of other, you know, mostly white liberal folk singers that sang songs or a lot of hand wringing about, oh, how can they do this to their own neighborhoods and, you know, destroy the, these already, uh, you know, struggling communities. And uh, I thought, you know, that Kim and Reggie's take on Phil's song of that, you know, yes, rioting is, is wrong, but uh, sometimes it's just the only thing you have left uh, to do in these desperate situations. And it expressed the anger that I think a lot of people felt. Um, so it, it just really captured something. Right. Uh, I agree. I mean, it, it, uh, it might not have been the white response, but it was the right response. Um, you know, so often I think we Americans, particularly people of middle class or upper middle forget or don't have a connection to what it's like to live in an environment where you own nothing, you, you have no power, and there's this idea, oh, well, you can take, what about taking your own individual power back? Well, that's a nice sentiment, but when you don't own the stores and you don't own the means of filling up the stores and you don't own the houses and you don't own anything, uh, sometimes the response is to burn it all down. Mm -hmm. And also, we're, you know, we're thinking about what precipitated this, and it was this gross injustice of, you know, seeing somebody beaten on the news over and over just because of the color of his skin, and then the cops who did it getting off. Yeah, well, I think it's even... It's a 20-year history of the type of uh, law. 20. Let me see. That was in the late 80s? The 90s. 90s. So it's – and that type of policing really comes into um, play. Uh, it was inspired by our own mayor. Yeah, Rizzo. <laughs> mayor Rizzo here in Philadelphia. Uh, our back, own Mussolini. <laughs> back in the uh, – uh, early uh, late 60s, early 70s, and then Nixon invited him to the White House, which – uh, was a big law and order summit, and that's where that whole term comes from, law and order policing. So it was almost forty years, I guess, or thirty years of um, of police brutality. And one of the things that's so fascinating to me, or or interesting, is how there are a lot of people who want to act like this is a new phenomenon, and that it's the only thing new is that 
the uh, the ability to videotape and record it has become democratized and to distribute it so now it's become a mainstream uh discussion or awareness but um you know i can tell you stories of me driving into the suburbs i mean driving into the city from the burbs and how everything changed for me when i was 17 16 years old i mean i police officers throw me up against a wall and um go through my car without my permission and uh, i mean it, um stick night sticks in my face because i thought i was someone else i mean literally just walking down the street and all of a sudden being being not oh, excuse me sir can i ask you a couple of questions thrown up against the wall with a nightstick at my throat and the the, the officer seething and spitting in my face because i didn't look right and that was philadelphia in in, in the early 80s um so uh and and and, and for those of out, you out there who are listening I, i'm probably like the meekest quietest person on the planet he is yeah <laughs> even though when you see me i may look kind of big and tough back then i was probably a hundred barely a hundred pounds <laughs> um so um this is to say that this stuff went on but there was no proof you know no one saw it it was all it was all behind the scenes and i think the uh the rodney king be beating is is the beginning of that and and you know it, it, i want to add something too that it, it is you know, hmm. How do I go here after saying all that stuff I just said? The guy was on lots of drugs at the time, and he was speeding. That being said, still doesn't. We should be better than the police. Should be better than the criminals. And and used to be that was the ideal that the police were held up to, that they are better than the criminals. That they catch the criminal and they arrest them and bring them to jail not catch the criminal and dis in and decide their own sort of street justice for that person mm -hmm. vigilanteism yeah yeah so we're gonna turn to a slightly different uh meaning of this heat idea and think a little bit about uh sort of heating things up as activism uh and and how that's the way things really change is often bringing that heat to bear so here's Street Heat by Bernice Diskin. Nothing comes from nothing. Zilch is gonna get you zilch. Sitting at home and cussing. Never moved a politician, no sorry. They got to see you standing up and speaking out. So I repeat, keeping mum and playing dumb won't do it, chum. But you can overcome with street heat. Jack up your clarity, street heat. Build solidarity, enhance your personality, street heat, yeah. When our country started, the king put a tax on tea. Bostonians do a party, the tea landed in the sea, and that's a fact. And once they acted, it registered, the king was obsolete. They said, hey, can you pad your flames? Our turn to sing, so let freedom ring with street heat. A fresh wind blowing with street heat. Liberty growing till street heat Got a revolution going with street heat, yeah If there is no struggle, there's no progress You gotta get out and express Your interest and your distress History proves that without agitation There'll be no celebration For that day of liberation Way back in the 60s Some of us were only kids 
the African American people got together to consider how to go to fight Jim Crow and all the customs and the laws they had to be in every town they quickly found to turn things around they had to get down with street heat tie their dream to street heat gave new meaning to street heat till the streets were teeming with street heat yeah sands of time are running others have had their day now it's our turn it back we got to show the way and build the team until the dream is real for everyone our job is not complete Realize they feed us lies, but we've grown wise. We're gonna survive with street heat. Street heat. You can never overdo street heat. We're gonna win the battle through street heat. Yeah. Street heat. Street heat. You'll enjoy the company. Street heat. Working for humanity. Street heat. Yeah. Street heat. Street heat. You can never overdo street heat. We're gonna win the battle through street heat.
That was The Ruts with Babylon's Burning. And before that was The Clash with London's Burning. Yes, lots of burning going on here. And uh, the, the studio is really heating up with this show. Uh, and before that, we heard Bernice Diskin's song Street Heat celebrating uh, the, uh, the history of activism heating up this country. And now, the throwback segment. So we're going to reach back a little bit before the majority of the things that we're doing on this show uh, to a couple uh, selections. And uh, the first one is from the MC5, stands for the Motor City 5 from Detroit, yeah. near where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to hear their song, Motor City is Burning, because it's continuing our theme of various cities burning in this. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and the MC5 is burning because they burned it up. Yes, they did. <laughs> in fact, you know, they they convinced John Sinclair, the, the activist who started the, the White Panther Party, that rock could actually be the revolutionary music he had thought it should be jazz until he heard the mc5 i believe so <laughs> the, the white panther party yeah they were kind of it sounds bad but <laughs> but uh it was actually uh not a racist thing it was actually sort of inspired by the black panthers and wanting to have a, a kind of a radical movement that was uh supporting that those ideas not counter to them uh, so that they like try and start their own businesses and, and organize no, in the community. I don't think they had that same amount of effect, <laughs> but they, yeah, that, that was one thing John Sinclair was, you know, John Sinclair was a guy who, uh, he got put in prison in the seventies, uh, just for like 
uh, marijuana possession. Uh And uh, John Lennon came and did a benefit for him and wrote one of his worst political songs for for John Sinclair. Uh, But his heart was in the right place. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So that's interesting. You have inspired me to learn more about the White Panthers because I know about the Black Panthers. And And the Grey Panthers. I know the Grey Panthers also, yes. Uh, It's interesting. The Grey Panthers get better press. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's definitely true. <laughs> All right, and then we're also going to hear from uh, the uh, the Whalers. Uh, and notice I didn't say Bob Marley and the Whalers because it's right before this album is a uh, song is from Burnin', which is right before Peter Tosh and uh, Bunny Whaler left the band. So it is called Burnin' and Luton, and this is part of our throwback segment. It's not the music. 
segment with uh, the Whalers and MC5. So we're going to bring things up to the 80s now. The 80s <laughs> with the big drum sound. Yes, that wonderful big drum sound. So uh, this uh, first we're going to hear Air Force One uh, with See the Light, Feel the Heat. And it uh, features rap master Ronnie, as in Reagan. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I just want to point out, you know, we're, we're going with this heat theme in lots of different uh, directions. And uh, the 80s, of course, what was hanging over us was the Cold War and the, the threat of nuclear annihilation, uh, which we have no understanding of anymore, of course, with uh, <laughs> Trump and Korea standing off. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know, I just remember during the 80s, just to put things in perspective that, you know, we, we talk about this time now as being particularly horrible, and it is. But I was really afraid, literally, that Reagan was going to bring about the destruction of the world. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of heating up the Cold War, partly through all these proxy wars in Latin America and Africa and Asia, but also through uh, increased tensions with the Soviet Union over, you know, and, and that, you know, that whole gaffe that Reagan made of saying, you know, we, we begin bombing in five minutes and all these times when uh, he literally was scaring us to death uh, about the possible nuclear Armageddon that he was bringing us closer and closer to. Yeah, it's, it even inspired Sting to ask the question, do Russians love their children too? Right. So that deep philosophical question from Sting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of deep philosophical questions, uh, now, uh, we also have, um, we're going to play Midnight Oil's Beds Are Burning, uh, which is looking at the uh, Aborigine in uh, Australia. And it's funny how people misinterpret this song, too. Some people think this is a song about a hot night somewhere, uh, but it's actually not. <laughs> right. Give it to them, give it to them, give it to them, give it to them. See the light. Feel the heat. See the light. Feel the heat. Take the ball, take the ball, take the ball and run with it. Take the ball, take the ball, take the ball and run with it. I think the ball is still in their court. Didn't have to be this way. Didn't have to, didn't have to be this way, be this way. We still have a long way to tango. We still have a lot further to tango. See the light. We have control. Feel the heat. 
the bloodwood and the desert oak Holding wrecks and boiling diesels Steam at 45 degrees The time has come To save this fair To pay the rent To pay our share
Yeah, Midnight Oil Still and Beds are Burning. <laughs> Love the drum sound. <laughs> and the political message, of course, because this is music for the new revolution. It is. So um, we want to just finish up with one more song for this Heat of the Summer-themed uh, episode. And uh, we're going to end up with Michael Franti and Spearhead with the title song of his album, Yellfire. Yellfire.
I'm Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler-Clevens. Thanks for listening. Music for the New Revolution is written, edited, and produced by Rodney Wittenberg and David Heitler-Clevens. It's recorded and engineered at Melody Vision Studios in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. All music used in this program is for promotional and educational purposes only. Our theme song was composed by Jason Wong-Shing. Find out more information about Music for the New Revolution on our Facebook page. I'm Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler-Clevens. And thanks for listening to Music for the New Revolution. Music for the New Revolution.